Welcome to Songs from the Second Floor, broadcast on 88.1 FM WYCE and live streamed around the world through WYCE.org. I'm Randall Stewart, one of the voices you often hear at the radio station, and I'm also proud to be able to host this interview today. WYC is a listener-supported, volunteer-powered community radio station broadcasting to support the organizational mission of building community through media. And we do this by bringing you a world of music. Our guests today on the program are Jim and Susie Malcolm. Jim was last with us in 2018, performing with Kent District Library Sunday Afternoon Live and was booked to play again this fall, but due to the coronavirus pandemic, plans have changed. For the past 30 years and more, Jim Malcolm has been the ultimate Scots troubadour, taking the traditional songs of Scotland and his own prize-winning compositions to all corners of the UK and almost every state in the US. His voice is one of the finest in Scotland. His mellifluous guitar playing is perfect accompaniment. This year, he has another trick up his sleeve. His wife, Susie, breaks loose from the office to join him in concert. He may have heard her voice on harmonies on several other of Jim's CDs, but with their children off to new pastures, Susie's now entering stage left. An award-winning traditional singer herself, Susie sings songs from the northeast of Scotland and has a penchant for ballads. Their 2017 debut album as a duo, Spring Will Follow On, was warmly received and has been widely played across two continents. Their second CD, the duo, The Berries, was released in 2019. Together, they offer harmonies and humor, tales from the road, riverside, and from the home front, and are not to be missed. Please join me in welcoming Jim and Susie Malcolm. Hi. Hello there. <laughs> Says I, my dearest Molly, come let us fix the time. And ye and I get married, love and wedlock has come by. And ye and I get married, love, rock happy we will be. For you are the bonny lassie that's to part the road with me. To part the road with you, sir, cold winter's coming on. Besides my aged parents, I'm never a girl but one. Besides my aged parents, I'm not a girl but me So I'm no the bonny lassie that's to part the road with me Oh, never mind cold winds of love, spring will follow on Come sit you down beside me and I'll sing you a nice song I'll sing you a nice song while I diddle you on my knee for you are the bonny lassie that's to buy the road with me. Well, the other lads that I he had, they proved of cruel mind. They beat me and buddies me and proved to be unkind. They beat me and buddies me and guard me through the day. But ever I give my love to them to buy the road Dearest lassie, love will never dare rhyme It's on my honest father's life, I swear I'll 
Op was je brand verder, zo je kan verder krijgen. Als de bel nou al de country run te paden rood wordt mee. So she has done the hose and chin and tail and cook the game. And lang a lang a morning, a couple were made And lang lang every morning, the troubles were set free. She's a bonny lassie that's to She's a bonny lassie that's to pad the road with me Thank you, Jim and Susie Malcolm, live from Scotland. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for sharing your song. Can you tell us a little bit about what we just heard? Susie? Uh, yes, uh, this song comes from the travelers uh, tradition in Scotland. Now, that means from the group of people who made their living traveling around uh, the country, doing whatever casual work was required or work in the fields, planting, sowing, picking berries um, harvesting. And uh, these people uh, gave us a huge and uh, rich legacy of songs uh, from their tradition because it was a very strong singing tradition. Uh, lots of campfires in the evening after the work was done. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a kist of riches that we have from them. And that's one song uh, with a, quite a typical storyline in that there's a young man trying to entice a woman to come away with him come and away with me. join the travellers life. <laughs> we'll sleep under the stars and we'll live on love alone, you know, and the ditches are surprisingly comfortable. Yes. <laughs> That's terrific. Thank you. Well, we certainly miss seeing you in person, but we're glad you could join us this way. 2020 certainly been a strange year for all of us. How are you and your family doing through this pandemic? Uh, well, we were so looking forward to this year. This was really our, our big year. Uh, Susie uh, and I started touring together in America, and we managed to squeeze in a tour uh, to the West Coast in January and February before all hell broke loose. And, uh, yeah, so we did. <laughs> we have actually been to America this year, but we haven't been anywhere else. Uh, I was saying to Susie, I think this is the most consecutive night's of like sleeping in my own home, probably in my entire life, you know. <laughs> well, that's quite quite a change of rhythm for yes. a, an artist, a, a musician like yourself. You know, what, what kind of an impact has that had on you as performers? Uh, well, it, it's been very frustrating. You know, uh, I, I think musicians need an audience. You know, you need your... Uh, you need something to sort of bounce off, and, and that's been quite hard. I think that the fact that we've been able to to now get ourselves organised and do online concerts has been, a, you know, a huge morale booster for us. Actually, it really has. Yeah, yeah. Randy, I, I, it was quite noticeable that uh, when we did our first Zoom concert, and we could see people on the screen, and we finished a song, and they started clapping, and uh, it made me realise that. Pitiful as it might seem, <laughs> we really need some people to clap. Please, to us. please clap. <laughs> we have to talk our children to clapping it to us. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. 
Well, it's too bad you're not here because the salmon are just starting to run on the river. I understand you like to fish a little bit. Uh, yes, and, and in fact, I I had a wonderful day's uh, fishing on the river. It's the one sort of north of Grand Rapids, very famous one where the uh, the rainbows come in. Is it the Musk Musk something Musk? The Muskegon River. Muskegon, or... yes. Uh, and I nearly caught one. I, yeah. I had it on, and then I lost <laughs> it, and, and and the air was blue with with curses when that happened. Yeah, I've heard that one a few times. I nearly yes. caught it. Yeah. <laughs> so with this change in rhythm, with less being on the road, what what are you working on now? Well, uh, we're we're working on a, a, another CD, which is a, another collection of lovely old Scottish songs, mostly from the Scottish borders. Uh, we uh, have been uh, taking mostly Americans on trips around Scotland for the last 10 years. Uh, and the, the, we did our first borders trip last year. Uh, and as a result, we kind of got to know and learnt uh, a whole bunch of great, great songs that, that we'd been aware of but hadn't actually you know, committed to the mind or committed to the voice. Uh, and some of them were so good that we've decided to record, make a, a CD of them. Uh, great, great songs. Uh, we're, we're from further north. We're really from the kind of centre and the northeast of Scotland. So the south of Scotland was an area that we hadn't really plundered <laughs> yet, but we've given it a good plundering. Uh, <laughs> uh, something else that we're working on, uh, because... I think it's dawning on us that it may be some time before live in the room concerts can really happen again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's early summer next year. Um, certainly so, they're being cautious about it in Scotland. So, uh, yeah, we've been having ideas about maybe a, a monthly uh, concert online with songs you know relating to that month uh, that sort of thing we yes. think you are there enough halloween we're, songs we are to make? we're planning a hallow a special halloween concert uh, and there's no sort shortage of ghoulish yeah, stories hmm. i mean they all end up in people dying terribly and horribly so the challenge is going to be coming up for the halloween concert which isn't so full of scary supernatural songs that people can't bear to listen any longer but i have to say randy every time i'm in america the people the songs that people want to hear are the really sad, nasty ones in the minor key. And that's, I get asked for them all the time. So, Yeah, yeah I wonder if this, what we're experiencing in the world today is going to produce a bumper crop of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I have certainly noticed that we've had one or two Zoom concerts where we concentrated on cheerful songs and ch songs that people oh, can you. sing along with. And I actually think that that is what is needed at the moment. Um, Something Absolutely. cheering. And you were talking about uh, your station being building community. And I think that is really, really important at this time uh, that people yes, feel is. that they're gathering. If they can't gather in person, it, it is actually a it does feel like a real gathering even online. Yeah. So um, yeah. I think there's important work to be done in that field. Sure. I'm curious about your creative process, being a, a husband-wife duo. How, does, how do you work together when you're developing something new? Uh, well, I, I really enjoy it because Susie uh, just it's like a, has a totally different voice from mine. Uh, it's, in a, it's in a different key from mine. All the keys that she sings are not the keys that I sing. And so 
it, it just, it, you know, you can throw anything at us and either she'll do it or I'll do it or, or we do quite a lot of sort of call and answer songs as well and, and it just, it gives a real, a lot of variety, I think, to what we can do, much more so than just when I'm doing a concert, you know, it's just a guy with a guitar. But, you know, when Susie's with me, I feel like we've got just so many more sort of arrows in the quiver, you know. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think it's fair to say, though, that um, Jim is uh, the one who does most of the musical writing and arranging. Uh, I spend a lot of time on the computer and then... Uh, I hope this will make you laugh, but we were last time we were making a recording. Jim said, "Oh, you just swan in and do this singing part," <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's fair enough. That is, uh, most of the time, I am working uh, in an office, and uh, Jim is making all the music. Um, but it is uh, it's it is a joy to sing together. I have a special harmonica that I only ever use uh, when accompanying Susie. It's in C sharp. That's, Ooh, that's her key. That's, that's her big key. key. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, I'm curious about your, your Robert Burns work, just kind of shift gears a little bit. Uh -huh. People are certainly familiar with his work called Anxiety and My Love's Like a Red, Red Rose. And you really immersed yourself as Robert Burns for Bard Hair Day. Oh, yes. how, did, how did the idea for that come about? I wanted to do something special for the 250th anniversary. Uh, which was back in 2009, uh, quite a while ago now. Yeah. And I, I just sort of came up with the idea of dressing up as, as Robert Burns uh, and I had a co costume actually made for me by uh, this pro you know professional theatre costume maker and stuff. So it was quite exciting. I remember the first time I put the wig on, I got this fright in my life because I, I looked like my dad. But the f And I put Robert Burns' wig on. <gasps> I look like my mum, just just <laughs> totally like my mum. And she kind of has this sort of Robert Burns hairstyle that she's had for about the last 30 years. So, yeah, it was it, that was very interesting. Uh, and uh, I have to say that uh, the the women do like Robert Burns, even people dressed up as Robert Burns. Definitely, you, there's a sort of frisson. <laughs> something when, magical. <laughs> something, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in the process of doing... Robert Burns. Did you? Uh -huh. What did you learn about him that most people might not know? You know what kind of surprises did you unearth in your research? Uh, the sheer incredible breadth of his talent, uh, and the the, the the number of different subjects and topics that he wrote about. You know, from the most serious and historical and philosophical and political and comedic and satirical and gossipy. I mean, just just it, everything. He he wrote an incredible amount of songs, and it poured out of him. It, it just like it was just like turning on a a faucet, as you guys would say, and just it just poured out of him. Uh, and he was just brilliant. He just he could. He could produce lines the way that John Coltrane could produce, you know, saxophone solos. It just poured out of him, uh, and we've never had anyone like that, really. Yeah, I saw that he he died at a very young age. So was was he always so prolific through his oh, whole life? Oh my goodness! When you look at what actually he did uh, in his short life, you think, well, when did he have time to do that? He also held down a full time job 
really through that through that whole period, his art never really sustained him, you know, uh, in the way that it should have. Because there wasn't really a an industry for people like him in, in those days. There wasn't really a kind of a, a, a way that you could earn money very easily. Uh, so he was always working, and all his work was usually done after a long day's graft, you know, working hard, physical labour. And then he would sit down, and he, he would be mulling through all these ideas as he worked, you know, doing all these labours. And, and, and in the evening, he'd he'd just retire to his room and, and write them all down. Uh, incredible process. Okay. Could you <laughs> perform one of your Burns-inspired songs for us? Uh, yes. Uh, We've got, uh, I was just thinking, um, we can maybe do Lassie Line Near Me. Would you like to do that, Susie? This is actually a, 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 a song that Robert Burns wrote uh, about the aftermath of the terrible Battle of Culloden. Uh, and he actually wrote a lot of songs about that particular conflict. Uh, I mean, dozens of them, really. He, he really added such a huge amount to, to our understanding and uh, of the emotions of that period. Uh, but this is also a very beautiful love song. It's a sort of very tragic but beautiful uh, piece. It's called Lassie Line, you mean. Lass 
play guitar with harmonica but i noticed we have a music video online to be playing an upright bass oh yes very well kind of a jazzy feel to it yeah i've always loved uh the upright bass uh i would hate to be on the road with one of them you know they're just a night i mean moving them around so hard and they're they're also quite so quite fragile because they they fall over quite easily and you know you can do lots of damage quite quickly to them so but i love love the sound you just cannot beat the sound of an upright bass yeah yeah and and i certainly hear it in some of your songs there's a little bit of a subtle jazz influence that comes through here and there Uh, what are the types of music that you draw from that you feel influences what you write and what you perform well i've uh, i would say really i've i've been most influenced by the music of my parents uh from very very early days and my mother was a total folky you know from the 60s and absolutely folk music you know and still is uh, and my dad uh, who was actually from Glasgow, much more sort of metropolitan background, and and his interest was really in the music of, of the movies, really of of the of the nineteen forties and fifties, and and the great musicals and Gershwin and uh, you know uh, Irvin Berlin and all these great great musicals and films, uh, which of course all these songs became the sort of heart of the whole kind of jazz classic uh, repertoire. So I I'm, I think I've been influenced by by both these things, but the folk thing really was the stronger stronger of that. Uh, and I think that uh, the fact, the thing that really attracted me most as an, as an adult to folk music was just the authenticity of it. You know, folks who were singing songs in their local accent about things that were happening just down the road, you know, and uh, I think that's what I love most about folk music. Hmm. Well, you certainly have a remarkable discography, including a lot of work with the Blind Dogs. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm curious how you came to know and join them. I was uh, asked to, to join the band when the original singer, Ian, Ian Benzie decided to just hang up his tonsils, as it were. <laughs> he decided to give up, and I don't blame him. I mean, he'd been on the road with these guys. Uh, he was a bit older than the rest of them, and he was really like the mother hen. You know, he was the one that had to sort of like get them into the van in the morning, and you know, and just control them all. And and uh, great, great guy, fantastic singer, and a huge influence on, on me. And I was just really in the same seen really as them and and uh, had performed with them at 
several concerts and at different festivals and stuff. And I think they, they saw me as a sort of natural uh, replacement for Ian, you know, uh, who, as I say, I was uh, very much uh, influenced by. So uh, that's really how that worked out. Yeah. So how did that work coming into a group that was already in existence? They kind of already had their own following. And how did that? Well, I, I well, think I think initially I, I just really parroted Ian. I think I just really sort of sang the way that Ian sang. Uh, and then my sort of hair started to fall out. And then I started to look like him as well. Until it got to the stage that people thought I was him, you know, and I'd be in America. And they would say stuff like, oh, I remember when you were you did such and such and such and such. And I went. No, I did. That wasn't me. That was Ian. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, I, I'm, I'm still curious to learn more about your your creative process. Uh -huh. you know, I'd love to hear like what the genesis was of maybe one of your favorite songs. You know, what's what's one of the songs you always go back to and really enjoy the most? Uh, well, we could maybe do the the Battle of Waterloo mm -hmm. uh, for you. The Battle of Waterloo. It's one of the several uh, songs that I've written to bagpipe tunes. Uh, and the music of the bagpipes has been a huge influence in songwriting in Scotland uh, for, for a very good reason, and that is the, the, the range of the bagpipes is actually quite limited. I think, I think an octave is, you know, that's about all that you can do on the bagpipes, which is a very comfortable range for the human voice. So if, if it works well on the pipes... It usually works well as a song. Uh, fiddle tunes are generally too vaulted and they're, you know, the range tends to be two, two octaves, two and a half. You get these really big spans in fiddle tunes. Uh, so a lot of great, great songs, including a lot of Robert Burns songs, uh, are from, from the bagpipes. So if you find a good bagpipe tune, you've found, you know, the heart of a good song. Uh, and this is a, a song I wrote called The Battle of Waterloo, uh, around a, a very well-known uh, march, uh, which is called the Battle of Waterloo. Uh, although the actual tune is more cheerful than what I ended up doing with it, because I uh, the the tune itself, which goes ba 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 which was more da bum ba dum ba da da ba and I thought, oh, that would make a really good depressing Scottish song, you know, in a minor key. <laughs> Yippee! Uh, and that's what really, uh, and I just really used the image of uh, the idea of a, a, a Scottish soldier basically on the battlefield you know, talking in his mind to, to these various character in his life, his daughter and his wife and, and to Napoleon himself and stuff. And that's, that's how I came up with the song. Which we'll do for you. Does that work out? That would be beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I have to make sure that I don't have my capo on for this because that, that would be a design. Yeah, in the, in the interest of time. Yeah, sure. in the interest of time, I think we'll we'll close out the segment with with a song. We sure. do appreciate you taking time from your day to join us from your home in Scotland. Listeners can go to jimmalcolm.com to look for more information about Jim's music and the availability of his most recent release, The Berries. Jim and Susie Malcolm, thank you. Thank you, thank very, you much. very much. The Battle of Waterloo. <laughs>
comes ticketing How the world's in bloom Winter is forgiven now Fooled by April's bloom Kitty, oh, kitty You would I my hang Till Napoleon's bloody cannon I am surely done Stricken down in battle At the Mythobony's guns Gine, oh, Gine I say dear to me Let me hold you in my mind For I For hot cold turns in autumn when the wind rakes the trees And the summer lies forgotten in the cold bed of leaves As winter begins, I mind boning It wasn't only you who was broken on the fields of Waterloo Surgeon, oh, surgeon Leave me to my pain Save your knife for others Who will surely rise again Surgeon, oh, surgeon Leave my blood to pour I let it drain into the bitter clay once more For the cold turns in autumn when the wind rakes trees And the summer lies forgotten In the cold bed of leaves As winter begins, I mind boning It wasn't only you Who was broken on the fields of Waterloo Daughter, oh daughter Listen dear to me Never wed a soldier Or a widow you will be Doctor, oh daughter Curse your lad to die And he catches that I couldn't sell just For the cold turns in autumn When the wind Rakes the trees and the summer lies forgotten in the cold bed of leaves. As winter begins, I mind boning. It wasn't only you who was broken on the fields of Waterloo. Boney, oh boney, what was I your game? Bloody field your table, cannon used to aim. Boney, oh boney, we high live the same. The land lad is not to feel the musket's flame. For hot cold turns in autumn when the wind rakes the trees. And the summer lies forgotten in the 
friends I made boning It wasn't only you who was broken on the fields of Waterloo